Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Relove Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ezzy Spencer. I'm an author, a coach, and I help brilliant magical women like you to create love. And I'm so glad that you are here. Do feel free to come over and say hi at Ezzy Spencer. Please know I love hearing from you and I love receiving your questions as well. And in these podcasts, I love to dive into listener questions. So specifically things that you might be wondering about in dating, in relating, things which you may feel a little bit embarrassed to ask out loud. And so I absolutely love answering your questions anonymously on this podcast. And today I'm going to dive into an awesome question that came in from a listener. And she's asked, how is dating different in your 20s to in your 30s or 40s. This particular listener is in her early 30s and she is currently dating and she had previously dated in her early 20s. And so there had been a a real change in terms of herself, her relationship with herself, what she was even doing in the world for work. And of course, as we all know, in the last 10 years, the entire world of dating has changed. I mean, I keep going back to the fact that Tinder only recently had its 10th birthday. Like sure, dating websites were around before that, like Match.com and some of those um, originals have been around for like you know 15 years up. But the whole app swiping culture is still only something that has emerged in the recent decade. And I think that that's really important to keep reminding ourselves on that whenever we're feeling a little bit lost or overwhelmed when we're going through the the dating app experience, because we're all really collectively figuring out all of these new social norms, all of these new gender norms, all of these new ways of relating, and it moves really, really fast. So if you are feeling a little bit lost or confused or intimidated, please know that you're not alone. There's heaps of episodes on this podcast, which are designed to support you first in terms of the practical tips in how to navigate the dating world and have fun dating, but also really coming back to the fundamental principles of self-love and self-worth and self-confidence, self-esteem, self-belief. And you'll hear me speak about these tenets of the Relove Method over and over throughout these podcasts, because it's really important that we do have that strong foundation of self. And that's something which is going to be the ultimate key keeper, right? You know, that's the primary relationship. And when we're in a really beautiful, yummy relationship with ourselves, we're always going to know that we've got our own back. It's going to make it so much easier to stay grounded in our life, to enjoy life and to stay in that abundance mindset. Because that's the truth. (laughs) It's really important to remember that truth. And particularly when you're starting to worry that you are a little bit too old or that you've missed the boat. And this is something I'm going to dive into in this episode, because it's something that comes up repeatedly with my clients, whether they are 28, 38, 48, 58, and no joke, 68. They will all tell me the exact same thing, which is that it's too late for love for them. They've had too many mistakes in the past and love is not possible for them. And I can tell you one of my recent graduates of Relove, actually, no, she graduated. What am I saying? She graduated a couple of years ago, but she did recently turn 70. And she came into the Relove experience saying, I would like to focus on self-love because it's absolutely not possible for me of a woman in my late 60s in the pandemic 
completely resolutely opposed to dating apps, it's actually not possible for me to find love. So I would like to do the Relove curriculum purely for self-love. And I said, well, bring it on. Like, I'm sure, like, if that's what you want to do. I'm a huge believer in that self-love. And I feel like, you know, that's only going to elevate your life in all of the ways. And of course, by the end of the 12-week program, she was in a delicious relationship, which she's still in. She still emails me regular updates and she is adored, cherished, so delightfully happy and spoiled by this incredible man. And so seeing this scarcity mindset, seeing the ways that we are unkind to ourselves and seeing the ways that we are also unwittingly taking on board these toxic narratives from I mean, the mainstream media, from popular culture, from well-meaning friends, from parents, from family who are trying to get us to to get a little bit of a wriggle on uh, when that's not our pace, you know, when that's not our truth. We can be really susceptible to receiving all these subliminal messages around the importance of hitting certain milestones by certain ages. And the issue with that is that if you are not on that timing. If you've got a different map, if you've got a different blueprint, if there's something else for you to be paying attention to, then we can internalize that as a sense of personal failing. We can feel very ashamed about that. We can give up on our hopes and dreams for the future. So my intention with this podcast episode, and indeed with all of these podcast episodes, is to bring back that feeling of optimism and hope, because I know that love is possible for you. I have seen it with women who've come in in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s, yes, saying that they don't think it's possible for them and then finding that actually it might just be possible after all once they do the deep work. And also, you know, once they make some tweaks to their dating profile, sometimes it can actually be that simple, right? And you don't realize necessarily what it is that you're telegraphing or you may be unwittingly um, blocking love. And it can be very, very simple, actually, can be very, very simple. I would love for you to entertain that possibility because I would love for you to come back into the truth, which is that there are a surplus of suitors who are awesome, open, available, ready and looking for love. It is a core part of the human condition, regardless of what age you are. All right. So having said all of that, I'm going to speak into some of the differences though, between dating in your twenties and dating in your thirties or forties. That was the question, of course, that the listener asked. And I'm actually going to say that there are some differences that I've observed with the women that I'm working with. And so of course, you may be an outlier. This may not apply for you, but what I have found is that there are consistent themes with the women that I've worked with in their twenties or people who are dating people in their twenties versus people who are dating in their 30s and up. And specifically, I'll tell you, the turning point often tends to be around the age of 28, 29. And I mean, I've got some theories about that. I don't actually know why that's the case, but there does seem to be a shift around that age. I'm going to underscore that most of the women that I am working with are in Australia and in the US or Canada, North America. So, of course, if you're listening to this in a different part of the world, then obviously overlay what it is that I'm saying with anything that's relevant to to your cultural context. So the main shift, as I said, it's usually around the age of 28 and 29. So maybe this is resonating with you if you are 
roughly in that age bracket in the late 20s, or maybe you can think back to that period of time, it can be really interesting to think about some of the major changes that happened both internally in terms of the way that you were thinking about life. There can be some pretty major value shift, priority shift that can happen around that age. And also consider whether life stepped in and gave you uh, opportunities, one might say, to put it nicely, to maybe grow up a little bit. And so in the work context, this may be that you are given more responsibility at work. You know, this may be the point at which you're climbing the corporate ladder. uh, If that's the area that you're in, it may be the time where you're fully out on your own and you're paying bills. Maybe you're buying a home, maybe you're paying a mortgage, maybe you're juggling the realities of life. Um, It can be when there can be some family obligations that can come in in a more intense way than they have before, whether that be because you've had kids or people around you are having kids. So there's nieces and nephews um, who are coming in. Or I recently heard uh, such an incredible word for this on Jeffrey Marsh's Instagram, who's absolutely amazing, by the way. He used the word nibblings, uh, which is the gender neutral form of nieces and nephews. And I just thought that was so cool. So I have nibblings. Maybe you have nibblings and maybe those nibblings came forth into the world around that time. Um, Or, you know, it may well be that there are older generations which are requiring a little bit more of your attention and care. You know, maybe this is a period of time. And again, of course, everyone's situation is going to be totally different. But at this point in time, you know, it might be that grandparents are aging or parents are aging and maybe needing greater uh, practical support and assistance than ever before. And, It might also be in this period of time that you are realizing that you are in the wrong relationship. So you might have fallen into a relationship earlier in your 20s. And this is something I'll go into a little bit more in terms of the way people often tend to date in their 20s. And of course, I'm making generalizations. I've said it a couple of times. I'm going to say it again. I'll just speak to the themes which I have seen arising, which is that people often tend to fall into relationships in their 20s because the chemistry is there or people are friends or just there's the um, the sense of, well, that's what we do next if we like each other, right? Without necessarily going through a discernment process of filtering and working out whether this person is going to be the right match for you, because you often haven't necessarily had the life experience that is going to give you the data for yourself to understand what it is that you need to flourish in relationship, or indeed what kind of life you really want to create for yourself. And so what can often happen around this Saturn return time 28, 29, this window, this period of time, there can be a real examination of the self of the choices that you've made earlier in your 20s. There can be a course correction. If something is not in alignment, whether it be the relationship that you were in in your 20s, whether it be your friendship group, whether it be your lifestyle, whether it be the career path that you've started down, that is definitely going to be ripe for a course correction. And usually life will give you the opportunities to really move ahead with that course correction. Yeah. And so whether or not it's to do with the stars, I can't tell you, but there does tend to be a process of growing up. There tends to be a maturation process that occurs and it often tends to coincide with some of the realities of adulthood. And it's around the mid-20s that the the brain is really fully formed. So the prefrontal cortex is coming into its final stage. And naturally, we can, of course, continue to 
work with our mind. We know so much more about neuroplasticity now than ever before. It doesn't mean that our thought patterns or our behavior are fixed for life. That's not what that means, but it's oftentimes the point around the mid twenties where like the hardware is set, you know, and your executive decision-making functions and capabilities are really coming online. And there does tend to be a coupling up period that happens almost in, in correspondence with everything that I've been talking about. It tends to be the age where people are getting engaged, people are moving in together, people are having kids. You know, it might not be your entire friendship group, but like it's not sort of the one or two people. The dominoes are falling, so to speak. And so all of this happening together can tend to really give rise to an internal inquiry as to whether you're in the right relationship or what kind of relationship you want to be in. And it can also feel a little scary. You can start to feel like you have been left behind. And that can sometimes be a wonderful catalyst for then doing that deeper dive work, for really getting to the root of any love blocks that you may be experiencing, and for then choosing to move forwards in a much more intentional and mindful way. And so what I find is one of those main uh, differences between dating under the age of 28-ish and 30 on the horizon um, tends to be this feeling like there's not as many single people anymore. And we may not be necessarily in environments like school or university, if you went to college, uh, where it's easy and casual to connect with people in um, in the way that it, it is in those environments, right? It becomes more formal once you are spending most of your time inside of a professional workplace. And so then there really is that feeling of abundance in the twenties because there is that sense of there just being a lot of numbers of single people, right? And there can then feel like there are less single people as you are approaching 30 and beyond. And then that can give rise to that feeling of scarcity. So one thing that I want to point out here is like, just because there's a lot of single people do not mean that all of those people are actually really available for love. And it does not mean that they are ready to step into the kind of relationship that you are wanting to call in. And even if they are getting into relationships, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are fully uh, available even inside of those relationships. You never actually know what happens behind closed doors uh, unless you're someone that works with people in relationships in which case you hear a lot about what happened behind closed doors and those picture-perfect relationships that you might be looking at might actually have more challenges underneath the surface uh, than maybe immediately apparent or maybe projected on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, you know. And these are the um, obviously the kind of realities that then lead to a very high divorce rate or a very high um, uh, breakdown of relationship rate. Again, of course, I'm speaking here specifically about the jurisdictions that I'm familiar with, Australia and the US. Um, so, you know, those statistics, though, certainly tell the tale. And I'm just saying that again, just to reassure you that just because you might be hitting this period of time, you're starting to feel like, oh, there's something wrong with me or I've missed the boat. Like it might be that you are actually following the perfect timing of your life in the perfect way. And this is a great time for you to really deep dive and to find out uh, what it is that's going to have you come alive, what it is that's going to have you flourish in relationship. And then you're going to be better placed to make a really great choice for you, a choice in relationship, which is going to be in your highest interest, right? So you're not going to waste a huge amount of time and energy by choosing somebody 
um, that ultimately is not actually the right pick for you. And so I would say that's probably number one thing is this sense of scarcity that can arise when you're dating in your 30s and your 40s. And that sense of abundance that can be there when you're dating in your 20s. But you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's easier to date in your 20s than it is to date in your 30s or your 40s. What I would say is that after that age of 28, particularly if you've done that deep dive work, what I would say is that people have so much more clarity around who they are and what it is that they want and the relationship that they want to co-create with somebody else. So that would be the second thing that I would say, that people have more clarity. People tend to be dating more intentionally and more mindfully after they've gone through that Saturn returns period. And again, I am making generalizations here. You may be an outlier, um, but you may find that the pool of the people that you are dating in, you know, again, may have more clarity after the Saturn return period. And that clarity may simply be born from greater life experience. It may be born from dating multiple people or even having one or two more serious and longer term relationships and getting a real sense of what does and doesn't work for them inside of relationships. So people tend to be a little bit more discerning coming into the 30s and way more discerning in the 40s and even more discerning again in the 50s and you might strike a hole in one in your 60s you never know because of the level of maturity self-awareness life experience and more wisdom as well like that's what is going to start to flavor the pool of people that you are engaging with you know And so this is something which can be really cool, right? When you're dating later in life, if you have internalized some of those narratives, which I think are really unhelpful, which is that there's something wrong with you or that you need to settle for something less than what it is that you really want when you are dating in your thirties and forties and beyond. Yeah. Just might be that you've got a really great sense of what your standards are. So, uh, along with that though, of course, more experience can also bring with it more baggage. And so again, generalizing here, when you're dating in your twenties and you're dating in the pool of people who are also in their twenties, there has not necessarily, um, been the divorces, the, um, split ups with the other parent of your child, um, or the challenges in terms of extricating the financial affairs with a former partner, the challenges in terms of working through some of the emotional hurt inside of really painful, uh, relationship breakups or toxic or dysfunctional relationship dynamics. And I think by the time people get to their thirties, they've usually had at least one brush with somebody who was really difficult. And, you know, it can um, require a huge amount of self-love and self-compassion and self-forgiveness work. It's absolutely possible to heal from those experiences with the right support, depending on what the experience was, that might be therapeutic support. Yeah. And so what it is that you'll often find then when you're dating in your thirties is that People can sometimes be a a little bit more wary because of past painful experiences that they have had. So the other people might be vetting you more as well. Other people may be looking for red flags in you because, you know, they've been around a little bit and they have had experiences that are less than. And so it can take a moment for people to really, you know, build trust. And you know what? I don't think that's a bad thing when you're dating a little bit older and you know what the cost or the consequence might be 
difficult to your bank account. Yes, but also what the emotional toll might be. And you've got a sense of how long it might take you to rebound from something that's challenging. And then if you have metabolized pain or heartbreak from the past and you're dating someone else who has, like, of course, this is where we're going to experience someone with wisdom. So this is where we can start to really open up the beautiful, intimate connections, which are born from having uh, been knelt by life and to learn how to get back up again. And that can be an extraordinary quality. And it can be a quality that you're more likely to find when you're dating in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s and your 60s. Because I'll say, I mean, it's sort of funny if we're going to keep talking about the Saturn cycle. So 28, every 28 years, the Saturn will return. So you'll have your second Saturn return at 54. Um, and so you might actually find that you might go through another growth spurt in terms of your maturity levels, in terms of what life is asking you for around the age of 54. Um, but also around the age of 35, I have noticed that there there is a distinct, um, how can I even say this humbling? I would say that will come around. And it can be a, a, a really beautiful thing, actually, once you've had that experience, once you've connected with someone else, you've had that experience, but they've got the support and they have metabolized whatever the lesson was in there for them, for their soul on their journey to metabolize. And when they've uh, chosen to open their heart again anyway, and there are so many people out there, there are so many people out there who are incredibly sensitive, kind, mature, who are really doing the work. And I'm talking about people of every single gender, people who are sincerely looking for love and who will absolutely value it and treasure it when they find it. And again, recognize in you somebody who is so extraordinarily rare and special. If you are listening to this podcast episode, you are someone who is on a very sincere inquiry as to yourself, your heart, your life, what it is that you want to create. And this is an extraordinary quality, which is going to mean you are going to be adored and cherished by the right person who's had the right experience to recognize what an incredible gift you'll bring into their life. So that, my friend, is going to be something to look forward to when you are dating later in life, if that eventuates. And if, gosh, if you are in your twenties and you are listening to this episode, if you're before the age of 28, there's so many juicy things coming for you. So know the process of coming into alignment in your late twenties is a really magical process. The only time that it tends to be painful is when you grip on for dear life to the old ways of being. And what life is always going to invite us to do is to grow. And the more that we open our heart and our mind (laughs) to that growth, then the more enjoyable that experience is going to be because integrity is a beautiful thing. Maturity is an amazing thing. And wisdom is something to be valued. If you love this episode, I would absolutely love if you went over to Apple Podcasts and gave me a five-star review. I so appreciate uh, seeing your reviews. I am in the US. I've got the Apple Podcast set to the US, so I won't see your review if you leave it in Asia or Australia or Europe. So please do feel free to send me a screenshot over to my Instagram, Ezzy Spencer. I also love to hear from you, love to hear your questions, any feedback from the episode, love to hear how it landed for you. So do feel free to share that over on my 
my Instagram, Ezzy Spencer. You can go over to my website, ezzyspencer.com and check out an amazing free masterclass, which you can watch. It's just, you just click, you get instant access, you click on class and you will see, uh, see it there. And it's the five steps to being pursued, adored and cherished. Even if you think that there's something wrong with you, because spoiler alert, there's absolutely not anything wrong with you. So go and check out that free masterclass. You also might want to check out the self-study program that I have over there called Lovable, which has a very powerful tool to help you to return to the truth of that, which is that you are so tremendously lovable, but we don't want to try to just convince our minds of that. We actually want to feel it in ourselves. And so the process inside of that lovable uh, program self-study program, which you can just see on the menu, self-study over on the website, ezyspencer.com will guide you home to that. So check that out when you are over there, see whether you're interested in jumping onto the waitlist for the mastermind. I will be calling for applications for that for 2023. So if you're interested, jump on over to the list and check out information about the one-on-one sessions as well. It is such a joy to have you here. Thank you so much for listening. And I wish you all of the love that you deserve.